B A B Y M A M A M A This goes out to all my baby mamas. I got love for all my baby mamas. I can't be mad at that one. That's appropriate. <laughs> Shout out to Fantasia for giving us that bop. Start the show. Let's let's get it going. Hey, I'm Lex. Hey, y'all. I'm Sid. And this is the New Chitlin Circuit. We review indie, low budget, and directed TV black films. What we watched this week, Sid? This we're getting into a, a true classic. Uh, this week, written by world renowned a director, writer, artist, actor, Spike Lee. Extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. And this film called She Hate Me. (laughs) All right. Uh, So starring, you know, some big names here. We have Anthony Mackie is our main character, protagonist. Uh, The Carrie Washington, who's about to sweep the Emmys Mm. for her role in Little Fires Everywhere. We have uh, Jim Brown's in this movie. Ozzie Davis was in a lot of Spike films. Uh, Paula J. Parker. Q-Tip is in this. Uh, am I missing any? Woody Harrelson, uh, the white guy, he's in this. A lot of big names. A lot of big names. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time, they weren't as big names as they are now. You know? Very true. Spike had a vision. He could see the, the star power. Definitely. This came out in 04. You know, at the time, Carrie Washington was only, her debut was around Save the Last Dance. So, like, yeah, and that was just what, maybe, what, three or four years? Three years into her career. Yeah, earlier. Mm -hmm. I mean, and look, if Carrie Carrie needs an award for Save the Last Dance, and I'm going to continue to, you know, fight for that until my sis is getting, because she's the star of that movie, and she deserves it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your son ain't seen nothing but the back of your head. Bravo. Bravo. I love. I'm a big fan. We honestly, we're big fans here, Miss Washington. I if this ever reaches her ears, that'd be very nice. I mean it'd be lovely. You know, just you know, a little mm-hmm. shout out or something. If Carrie knows we exist, would be great. Something. I mean, you know, if she passes through DC, I have started keeping some wine in the house, so I have a few bottles we can you know just sit down vibe watch save last dance you know talk about life wow what an invite that's not what you were thinking no <laughs> but it's okay <laughs> it's okay you know oh. i i want to i want to give the listeners a general premise of this movie and Please. maybe a little bit of preface preface because mm-hmm. i tell y'all right now this is gonna be a lot yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, the, just as a an appetizer here, I'm looking at the like the Google page that they have for the for the movie, and mm-hmm. it's described as follow me, comedy dash drama slash satire. Hmm. I mean, that's not, that's a dash and a slash. Yeah, but that's not completely inaccurate. <laughs> it's not inaccurate, but it's it's a it's a how do you say <laughs> a, a barometer for just how how spread out this movie is? Oh yeah. So it's a calm drum set. Essentially, I can give me sixty seconds here. See, I can I can explain this. Okay, we're starting a new thing. Six, this okay. is 
You ready? The clock's about to start. This is tough. Right okay. now. She Hate Me is two movies. Yes. <laughs> the first 30 minutes is a business drama akin to Wolf of Wall Street or The Big Short um, about mm-hmm. business scandal and corporate corruption. The middle hour and a half is yes. a separate romance movie about Anthony Mackie, uh, who plays John Henry Armstrong, knocking up a bunch of lesbians. Mm-hmm. The last 20 minutes of the movie is a strange combination of the two. Yes. That was under like 30 seconds. So you did very well. Bravo. Bravo. I'm so good at this. Yes, that was, that was great. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it, man. I know you have a lot of notes on this. I, I, I'm a big Spike Lee fan. And yeah. I got Sydney to watch this. <laughs> and, you know, and when you told me this movie was long, I didn't, you know, because, like, Spike films are long. But that's fine. Like, when you're, like, you know you're getting into for the most part with Spike. But, like, after the first 30 minutes, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, you know, we're trying to get into, like, some Enron type stuff here. This is what we're going into. And then Kerry Washington mm-hmm. shows up on the doorstep, on Anthony Mackie's doorstep, uh, with her her wife, girlfriend, and they're like, hey, we'll give you, like, 10 Gs if you get us pregnant. And then the movie just takes a very sharp turn. Very. Honestly, a 180. A complete 180. (laughs) It pivots on on its own heels. So, I... uh, Like I said, I'm a big Spike fan. I Mm -hmm. like Spike's weird movies. When I say, like, Spike, like, everyone likes the big three. Like, everyone likes Do the Right Thing, School Days, Crooklyn. Those are all in the American, like, yeah. like list of movies that's just perfect, you know? Right, yeah, because Crooklyn's my fave Spike Lee joint. I like Chirac. This comes up a lot. Oh, yeah, it does, because every time you say it, I'm surprised. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I like Chirac. I thought, if you want to talk about, I know last week we talked about <laughs> we talked about uh john henry and adapting old stories Chirac mm, uh, mm-hmm. did that well i think it was a good adaptation of the greeks or whatever roman whatever you know i didn't really pay attention in those classes uh, mythology something like that, that you know story is. yeah that thing mythology that thing. you know shout mm-hmm. out to cab county <laughs> <laughs> shout out to cab county school systems where the finest product <laughs> that they had to offer you know it's fine did what i could do and I think this is one of my least favorite Spike Lee movies. Not because it's terrible, but because it is probably the least Spike one. The Yeah. You know? There was no double dolly shot the whole movie. There's no double dolly. There are some Spike elements, uh, like um, the characters' names. Like, Spike likes to do that, like, giving characters names that are a little uh, uh, above reality <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> you know yeah like reminiscent of old just negro things you know right. um the very jazzy very artsy that's a very like spike thing to have a character just be really entranced in jazz and art that's true Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn like cycling uniform one of the guys had on when they were biking through the park. That was oh, a very that yeah. was a nod that I 
Yeah. And I didn't realize Spike is like, he's a, uh, I guess a cyclist in real life. Um, I've been like just seeing him just post up was for whatever reason, he's only releasing his like former works via on DVD and put the links up on his Instagram. So, and I, I just don't understand tell him. why he is doing that. <sighs> Uh, but anyway, Spike, I can't play that. I would Please. love to buy Girl Six, but I can't. I don't have a DVD I don't player, have a Mr. CD Lee. Bomb. I I just don't sell the posters. Sell, sell the posters. <laughs> Do that, or sell like you know stuff from the set. I don't know, but like you're putting up a twenty dollar DVD. Put it up on iTunes. People will buy it there, or like Voodoo or whatever. I would definitely buy it. I buy yeah. it for the same twenty dollars. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know who's gonna tell him. I, mean, yeah. I we love Uncle Spike. <laughs> and he is an uncle for real because he Look, always like Instagrams his bike rides is where I was going uh, for my point. Oh yes, he, he's a cyclist in real life. <laughs> well, I mean, even in the first movie, um, Mars Blackman's a cyclist, and they right. kept that true in the the new um, what's her name? Nola um, Darling. Um, uh, she's gotta have it. She gotta have it. Yes. Great movie, bad mm-hmm. TV show. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar to how Anthony Mackie's character's name is John Henry Armstrong in this movie. Like, Nola Darling's dad's name is Stokely, you know? Oh, you're right. I didn't catch that. Okay. Oh, you a Spike fan for yeah, real? It's for a real. nod to, like, black figures. Yeah. I'm a big fan, you know? And I just, this movie, I don't understand um why (laughs) (laughs) and maybe i would have liked it more in the 2000s because a lot of spike's most famous movies are incredibly and inescapably 90s this movie is incredibly and inescapably aughts but the aughts just haven't aged well it's like (laughs) it didn't at all yeah because i oof and there was a whole school days watch party on like Twitter a few weeks ago. It's just it's like people love the feel and nostalgia of like older Spike stuff. But I don't know if it was just I think this movie was just so weird was why like it didn't age well. Like I don't even know. Like I don't think it was well recepted when it was released in 04. And it's gotten the same no. like criticism, you know, 16 years later. Like it just hasn't it didn't age well and it didn't start, you know, with that premise either. So Yeah. So, look, I got my um, Spike Lee nod in because I've been holding that in all all season of this mm-hmm. show, like just how much I love Spike Lee. And we're going to watch a good Spike Lee movie as well soon enough. Yes, we will. Um, I've gotten that out of the way now. So I'm ready to do what I knew I was going to do when we said we was going to review this movie. Do you know what that is? I don't. I think am I in for a surprise? I think that's what's going to happen. No, I'm going to spend all of my airtime talking about lesbians. Oh, okay. I, I could have seen that coming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you want to go first, that's cool. But, like. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I was just going to give a few parts of the movie that I enjoyed and loved. Um, if we want to, if you want to, like, do that. I would like that, to hear that. I didn't that. know if you enjoyed any part of it. I enjoyed um, small moments in this movie that just took me to other films and things in pop culture. Uh, number one, let's just kick it off. Miss Paula J. Parker, who is one of the lesbians that uh, yes. Anthony Mackie's character impregnates. She, I, I, listen, because mm-hmm. I remember I texted you. you <laughs> I remember I texted you when watching. You had never seen the movie My Baby's Daddy. 
also starring Paula J. No, Parker. No, I haven't seen that With movie. Anthony Anderson. <laughs> oh, with Fat Anthony Anderson? With Fat Anthony, yeah. We do love him. We do. And, uh, and she, I mean, she's a riot. I don't know why Paula J. Parker um, isn't working more. You know, she's Trudy on the Proud family. I don't. She also has a new show on the Urban Movie Channel, which I will subscribe to in the near future. I'll let you guys know how that goes. Um, yeah. But she has. We got to get into that. I, I think we've been. We got we to gotta see what's over there on UFC. Yeah. She has a sequence in this movie where she's like, she does a rap song. Um. <laughs> Doing mm-hmm. her and Anthony scene, <laughs> and let me find. Hang on, I'm it's sorry. True. I need to find exactly what the name of this uh the song was because I sent it to you. And you did. I remember yeah. it, and I was a fan. I think she was ahead of her time. I think it was. I genius. know Spike was trying to be funny, but in this time, in this climate. That's a banger. <laughs> a banger. It was something like, oh my God. And I wrote it down and it's not in my notes. The song was called Nigga Come and Get It. And yes. I would like to personally um, request right now that a full version be recorded by Miss Paula J. Parker and released to all streaming platforms for us to enjoy and indulge uh, during these very hard times. Wow. That, I, we love a direct request. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love that. Uh, so, Miss Paula J., if you're listening, we're big fans, big fans. <laughs> yeah. Big fans. Uh, yeah. Big fans. What else stuck out other than nigga come and get it? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for Carrie Washington, and I know we talk about her a lot, but like her getting into this role, what's her name? Fatima? 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 Fatima. They call her Fatima, but her name was Fatima. Fatima. Okay. That's what I thought too. Fatima. Her and a sister yeah. from um, Fat Albert, Kyla Pratt's big sister in the Fat Albert movie. They was lovers. Um, mm. Nah, that was cinema. Cinema. Fat Albert. <laughs> Even though I don't know if we can really talk about Shout Fat Albert. Shout out to Kyla Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> it was great. Uh, but Kerry Washington playing this very toxic uh, woman. In the movie, I mean, and if it's somebody, Carrie can embody any role that she steps her foot in, in, and it just leaves it all on the screen. So I feel like I enjoy this movie for the acting and the actors. I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. The plot I thought was strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was way too long. It was like two and a half hours. Well, look, I am ready to talk about lesbians. Let's do it. <laughs> Here's the thing. I didn't know. I I like to just not read anything about movies before I watch them. Okay. <laughs> this movie has long been on like an unchecked box on my Spike Lee watch list. I've watched over half because some of his movies just aren't easy to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched at least 60% of his movies. And this one was just always, you know, I, I never knew what it was about. I yeah. thought it was a rom-com. I did too. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like, uh, like she's gotta have it, kind of. You yeah, know? yeah, like she's gotta have it meets like the brothers or like something like that. Yeah, yeah. But when I started it, I was like, oh, okay, it's not, it's not a romance. Maybe he's just a corporate guy and his wife hates him or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, we're gonna get this is a white collar crime movie. I I could fuck with that. Uh huh. And then I have a note that says. But then Carrie and the lesbians take over. (laughs) (laughs) 
So they get there, and Kerry Washington, I would like to know. Here's the thing about gays, Sid. Mm-hmm. When we see somebody play gay real good, uh-huh. we start asking questions. And I think we got about an 80% clearance rate when somebody act gay real good that they be at least LBG, a little bit gay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> For instance, Rutina on Queen Sugar. Yeah. She dyking because she played real good on screen. It's just not a lot of times where you do that because you got to capture, you know, the yearning, the longing. How many times can I say it? Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. This is how I'm going to bring this around. Just now, recently, this is why this movie is relevant right now. Okay. Episode six, which is going to sweep the Emmys, like you said, uh-huh. of Little Fires Everywhere, mm. starring Miss Washington. Mm-hmm. She get real gay in the gayest way. The character does in the gayest way, just longing and yearning and just intimacy, bathtubs, uh, uh, longing phone calls, yeah, uh, not being able to be together, just lesbian stuff, uh-huh. you know. So that just made I really like seeing gay Carrie Washington. I I'm inspired by that. Okay. Second note about Carrie Washington. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a wonder. That she didn't get like pigeonholed into being like the uh, like Jezebel character. Cause it was a string of at least, cause after I think I love my wife. Yeah. She was pretty much the same character in yeah. that movie. Yeah, she was. You know? And then like after that, was she doing movies? She did that risque movie about stealing stuff that we watched, uh, Lift. Oh, we did watch that. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> we watched that on the futon. Yeah, we college. did. <laughs> yeah. And like for her, honestly, maybe that's what that's what TV does to you. Maybe like how Anthony Anderson is now like America's dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, because yeah, Scandal put her. Yeah, like it put her in a whole mm-hmm. other arena, like because I mean, people I think people forget like Carrie's like earlier roles. Uh, you know, after scandal happened yeah. and just kind of blew up and took off, she she hasn't. And how long has it been since we seen her on screen? Not that stupid movie on Netflix. <laughs> oh snap! Don't bring that stupid movie up. <laughs> Wait, I feel like I don't know what movie you're talking about. I feel like I should know. The movie where everybody first took the screen cap of her doing the teeth thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> American Soldier or something like that, whatever it's called. Some something other else. I don't remember. It was bad. I watched it. I said, well, damn, what are, what the hell else is gonna happen in this movie? Yeah. The answer? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. I miss Miss Carrie on the screen. I want two hours of Carrie Washington. Carrie Washington in. Yes. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Lip quiver and all. Yes. Yes. Lip quiver and all. Now, here's the last thing I want to close out with the lesbians. I, men, men don't understand women, let alone women who love other women. They don't get it. Mm. Like you said, Carrie was like toxic in this movie. Fatima was a toxic character. She was just like, honestly, a fuck boy. She was. (laughs) And a pimp. Yeah, and that's all men understand about the dynamics of romance. It's not that you let me amend. It's not that they don't understand women. They don't understand human like connection. They don't understand genuine things. They can just fit. They have the two roles of a relationship: the fuck up 
and the, the person who brunt who takes the brunt, uh-huh. which is the man and the woman. Yes. <laughs> and when they write lesbians, they still have to fill those roles. And they still want to fill those fill those roles instead of making different characters because like it's more than that. It's not like. Like it's not the, like the the kitchen scene where she's trying to make up to her wife, where yep. Carrie's trying to make up to her wife. That was literally, you could have literally replaced Carrie Washington with a man, and that scene would have read through. The the exact same. I I agree. Yeah, I just didn't. I men do not understand lesbians. Also, see, also she's gotta have it. That's the one thing the show has up on the movie is that Opal Gilstrap is a much more defined character, and their relationship is way more detailed and way more intimate in the show yeah so that's what i i want to say about the lesbians it was a really strange thing it, this movie honestly was just me and being obsessed with lesbians how they be it was but also still like because all the i guess like all the women still had to play some kind of a role like i guess going back to your point of like what men think are gender roles right so carrie in the movie or in the relationship with her partner she's supposed to be the more like masculine domineering person and her wife's supposed to be like docile blah 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 and then even the women that would come in it's like like the white girl mm-hmm. who had like never slept with a man before it was supposed to be like yeah. this like little like meek person and anthony's supposed to be the man to save her life and like there was an asian woman and like the same yeah. thing so yeah that's true yeah all right we are literally only at about half of the movie (laughs) there are two other twists in this movie that need to i my notes have never had so many question marks and exclamation points all of my notes are punctuated usually i don't punctuate them yeah (laughs) the first one the first twist i put capital letter and it's a mob movie it's a mob movie which and i like mob stuff i like the mob but it had no place in this movie i was like oh shit it's a mob movie too (laughs) but it's a mob movie in a different time period yeah that was so odd and then also the next twist i said whoa whoa this i'm reading my notes (laughs) verbatim whoa 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 what the KKK. <laughs> and then I put a sub bullet and I said, never mind. This is absolutely a spike film. It's, never mind. Yes. That would totally happen. Yeah. Spike Lee film. The KKK in their robes in Manhattan. Yes. Sure. In broad daylight. <laughs> in broad daylight. Sure. Yes. <laughs> mm. Everything was over the top. Honestly. Maybe this would have been better theater. I don't know. I actually don't know anything about theater. I don't think this would have translated well to theater. I think it would have been more confusing had this been like written for the stage. Honestly, if if you get rid of the corporate thing, it works. Because then you just got women coming in and out of the apartment. The apartment, you just need one set. Okay, if you just do the plot with like Anthony impregnating the women, sure. I guess that works. But all the other stuff, like that happened you know outside of that would make no sense yeah also does the sec do stakeouts <laughs> no they a, don't the sec the, the do fbi stakeouts. does but the sec does not <laughs> yeah i'm sorry I'm, I'm just reading i watched this movie like a month or two ago and now i'm just rereading my notes yeah <laughs> i forgot the sec were like standing outside with this random chick yeah who was trying to yeah. get Impre- oh girl this ugh, y'all this movie was wild that is 
that was my first note on my bullet point here was this movie is wild. And it didn't it didn't stop until I had to turn it off. I had, you had exactly. to tell me the last 30 minutes because I couldn't finish it. <laughs> I did. And the so that's also the last twist. That's not I guess it's not a twist, it's more like how they resolve the story. In the end, he got like 20 bitches pregnant mm-hmm. and he is somehow in more trouble for a white collar crime because he got 20 bitches pregnant and for, and for pay. And at the end, Carrie Washington and her girlfriend, who is both of them is pregnant by him. No, mm-hmm. Carrie Washington had the baby and the girlfriend is pregnant. They all tongue kiss each other. <laughs> I don't understand. You know, maybe I got to do some research. Is this Greek mythology? Because that sounds like Greek mythology. You know what? That does sound like some Oedipus type, like weird, like <laughs> mama complex. Maybe that's that may be some Greek mythology. And we just missed it because we just, you know. Maybe this went over my head. Yeah. You're right. Because all the articles that I read was like this. No one knows what it's like. It just never no one had a clue and Spike never really explained it well either. It's like, we don't know. I love that. I love that. He just leaves it. <laughs> we don't know what it's about. I really love Spike Lee so much. And this movie is weird as hell. And the, the thing that I don't like, the reason why it ranks so low in all the other Spike Lee movies to me is because Spike Lee usually gets weird to tell a story. Mm-hmm. This doesn't tell a story it's just a bunch of stuff happens or maybe we just don't know the story i feel like maybe i think spike just might have been on a different plane when he wrote this and was like look guys i got an idea um we're gonna put it down and the people are gonna get it or they're not and i think you know 90 percent of the people don't um what you're saying is fuck it that's what he's saying yeah pretty much (laughs) like here y'all go real quick and is she hate me Yes. Oh, Sydney, I'm I'm going to cause further confusion right now. Oh, please. I'm just scrolling down because I was trying to verify that like nobody else wrote the movie or whatever. But like, here's an audience review on Google: five stars. This movie is dope. It's a movie about movies and their real purpose, which is not always to be a journal of the world, but to be a dream in lights. And that's how I know that Amer- the American public don't have nothing to say to me. Because if you go write that about this. Yeah, like, excuse me? <laughs> what does that even mean? Mm-mm. No, it's not for me. I, I've i seen some hard to follow and vague movies that turn out to still tell a story. But the thing is, just because something breeds confusion doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't at all. At all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I had to say on it. Here's the the best thing about the movie. You get to see Anthony Mackie's booty. You Ooh, that was in my notes. And I didn't want to bring it up because, you know, I feel like you're trying to give me a reputation on the show for only um, Sydney, <laughs> expecting a few things in a film. Uh, but it was in my well, notes. Sydney, you're giving and yourself now, a reputation well, because every time I bring up a man's booty, you always immediately say, ooh, I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> that make you sound like you hiding it being thirsty. <laughs> you might as well just be proud. Well, it's in my notes. And um, that, that was one of the few treats of this film. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I thought the, the women were incredibly, um, how do you say, um, one thing Spike Lee has always done well is 
capturing women just being sexual without making it so that's where things get dicey here because the lesbianism mm-hmm. is clearly just like a male gaze view on it yep but spike lee's always been good at showing sexual women as just people as just sexual women it's literally like that's how he came out the gate you know? yeah yeah um well she's gotta have it i like that you know i think anthony mackie was a perfect cast agreed I have no issues with the acting at all. It was just this, the plot. I don't know what the movie is about. And we, I watched it and I can't, I, I read about it. I cannot tell you what this movie was about for real. Like I can tell you what happened, but I don't know the purpose. I, uh, what, what were the themes? I don't know. Sydney, you really got it. Is that, is that's, that... that's exactly how you know the story is bad. Yeah. I can tell you what happened, but I can't tell you what it's about. That's <laughs> how you know you wrote a bad story. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Spot on. Yeah. Spot on. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, if y'all got two hours to spare, you know, definitely check this movie out. I think it's on what, like Stars or was it HBO? Mm, they put it on Netflix this month. You're That's right. why we're doing it. It is on Netflix. We watch it on month. HBO now. Yes, we watch HBO now, yeah. but it is on Netflix as part of their um, May. What's black and new on Netflix? Check it out. You know, mm-hmm. you got two hours. Go check it out quick because you know they leave the black stuff up for like five minutes. Yeah, it's only up. Yeah, they only got thirty days uh, license in. It looks like on all the black stuff where they got to take it down. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll probably be on BET Plus uh, next month. <laughs> Who knows? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Sid, yeah, you know what time it is. Ooh. You have to tell us. You know, and I think this. This this week is pretty obvious, but we're we're gonna break it down. Who came to act? And with this category, you know, yep. my main what I'm mostly looking for is like who really left it all on the screen at the end of the movie, like who gave it their all and just left it there. And that's like, man, that's that's what I remember when I'm done watching. And you know what? I mean, I think it's clear, mm-hmm. you know, we've already Given a lot of hype to this person and um, cheer and praise, uh, I'm gonna have to give it to our good sis, Miss Carrie. Um, I think she des- <laughs> she deserves. You know, we'll go back to your point. She's a great lesbian. That's number one. Because mm-hmm. you know, it was believable. Look at you, ally, ally, ally. <laughs> number. I mean, Carrie didn't even have to lip quiver in this for me to enjoy her performance, and she don't have to do it. She's a phenomenal actress phenomenal oh that's a good question when did she start doing that lip quiver because i don't remember it saved the last dance she i'm gonna investigate it. yeah i'm gonna report out yeah i think it was scandal really it I had think... to be before then you I... think so oh i'm gonna find this out i'm gonna figure this out okay i want look when you do please report we'll post it on the instagram absolutely yeah yes back to miss washington yeah so uh miss <laughs> washington um if you're listening we would like to award you with the highly coveted who came to act award from the new Chitlin circuit podcast. Uh, you deserve this. Your performance was phenomenal. 10 out of 10, five stars. Um, mm-hmm. And this is for you. This is no small feat. You no. are joining the ranks of Courtney B. Vance, um, uh, Wendy Raquel Robinson, mm. Sydney Johnson. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of these. <laughs> I'm mad that you're still laughing at that. <laughs> I deserved it for John Henry. <laughs> so, so please, Miss Washington, send us. <laughs> please send us whatever thank you speech you have prepared for your awards. We'll please. accept that. We'll accept it. We'll post it. 
Yep. All righty. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Same here, Sid. If you got two hours and you like Spike Lee, watch this movie. And you know, maybe you can figure out what it's about. Because <laughs> if you can figure that out, you know, let us know. That would be great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is our review of She Hate Me. After the break, we'll be back with our brand new segment, our Black Filmmaker Spotlight, with an interview with a friend of the show, Hisani Johnson. Woohoo! All right, it's our first interview. Very exciting. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm doing my little dance. Oh, yeah. turn up, turn up, turn up. Ooh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> All right, right after the break. Stay after the break. All right. We are back with our new segment. As y'all know, we're trying out some new things. Yes. And we are launching the inaugural episode of our Black Filmmaker Spotlight. So what we have here, uh, new friend of the show, Hisani Johnson. We're going to have a short interview with him um, in a while. But this year, he's released his first movie, an uh, indie movie titled Takeout Girl, starring Hedy Wong. And this movie is written and directed uh, by Hisani Johnson. It's also co-written with the lead actress, Hedy Wong. It's called Takeout Girl, and it's about a young Cantonese girl living in L.A., mm-hmm. working at her family restaurant as a delivery girl, and having to do some other things to make ends meet as well. Yes. You know? Sis had to get it how she was living. <laughs> yes. It's honestly, a, it was a thrill to watch, to be, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Sid, what'd you think? Like, same. Really enjoyed the movie. Uh, shout out to Asani for, you know, thinking of us and, like, sending us the actual film to check out. Um, you know, before it hits the streets, we feel real exclusive. So thanks, Asani. We yeah. appreciate it, brother. That's the only reason, you know, we're not doing a full review is because you guys can't see it yet. The, yeah. The movie's going to make its way around some festivals. I know Asani tells us that it's going over to the Ashland Independent Film Festival. And he debuted it at Cinequest. So it's very exciting. And the, the movie's getting some buzz and some traction. And I'm excited for that and excited for him. So here's our interview with Hisani Johnson, the writer and filmmaker of Takeout Girl. Let's do it. Welcome to the new Chitlin Circuit, Hisani. Uh, so glad to uh, have you on the show. For the listeners to start, just tell us a bit about yourself when you started making film. And what type of stories you want to tell through your film? Well, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in the zip code 53206. If you're from anywhere near Wisconsin, you know 53206 is an infamous zip code. It's an area in which black men are incarcerated at a higher rate per capita than any other place in the country. It was no slouch. Uh, Cabrini Green, where Candyman was shot in Chicago, was torn down and all of the criminal element from that area went north to Milwaukee. And I found myself living the real life version of a a menace to society for a little bit. But I found solace in making films with my friends. And we made action films. We grew up on Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone, all those guys. And we all wanted to be action stars. So we made films and put them in movie theaters every summer. And we didn't have to get summer jobs because our friends and families would come and support it and we would do really well. I have always been a filmmaker that enjoyed making whatever made the audience happy. And yes, uh, it is a part of my agenda to slip a little bit of a message in there. But if the message is heavy handed, I, I feel like I've completely failed as a filmmaker. Wow. And in those early years of your filmmaking, which black filmmakers inspired and influenced you most at that time? 
I believe Spike Lee has been the greatest influence to me, mostly because the guy has set the benchmark in terms of uh, what to aspire to as a filmmaker. My mother really made it clear to me that if I was going to accomplish anything as an African-American male here in America, I would have to be exceptional. And Spike Lee is, is just the consummate example of that. He won the College Academy Award, producing films on his own. He he crowdsourced Malcolm X through black celebrities. And I actually bought the camera that we shot Takeout Girl on by crowdsourcing my friends and family, but not through Kickstarter or Indiegogo. I literally called people and I asked for help and I pled my case and people just really felt it was a worthwhile thing to do. So he is in every way a person who I follow the example of. Looking at the credits at Takeout Girl, you wore a lot of hats as the filmmaker, writing, directing, editing. How was that for you? I did wear a lot of hats while making Takeout Girl, but I also had a lot of help. Alberto Triana was an incredible executive producer, and he was also my co-cinematographer. The guy was there for all the creative decisions I needed to make. He was there for the ups and downs, and the film wouldn't be what it is without him. My producer, uh, Melissa Del Rosario, she was incredible. The girl could find locations at the drop of a hat. I mean, I think there was one day where I woke up at 9 a.m. and was like, hey, I think I want a pit bull for this shot. And it wasn't even in the script. It was just something I dreamt of. And she found it later on that day. Yeah, she gave me a bit of a side eye when I asked for it, because who asked for a pit bull randomly? But she found it. I asked for a car with hydraulics. Uh, and within a day, she had it. And we had the shot for the film. So I do wear a lot of hats, but I also share those responsibilities really, really well. I think the idea of being a director is really, really uh, attractive, but the term filmmaker fits me a lot more. I see all of the tasks I did for Takeout Girls complementary to my core storytelling ability, which is my directing. I see editing and color grading and writing and location scouting and even filling out the paperwork for insurance and workers comp, the same as a, a carpenter. A carpenter doesn't just cut the wood. He puts the wood together. He sands the wood. He stains the wood. He creates a full piece of furniture. He doesn't just look at it and tell other people to do it. He doesn't just do the part he enjoys and then walks away. So I very much see myself trying to put myself in a position where I can get a little bit more handsy with the projects I work on in the future. And lastly, what kind of movies can we expect from you in the future? Uh, some action, rom-coms, what, what do you got coming? I enjoy entertaining people, so it doesn't really matter what genre that comes in. I have a couple projects lined up. The first is a short film entitled Blunt. Uh, I'm in an interracial relationship, and this story is based upon the first time I met my girlfriend's mom. And the, the fact that we're coming from completely different walks of life and how did we what did it take for us to find um common ground and the hint of how we found that common ground is in the title uh the second film i'm working on hopefully later this year is a film entitled revengeance and it's a cautionary tale about taking your quest for revenge a little too far and how much of your humanity you would give up in pursuit of getting someone back i also have a history of making uh, fan fiction online. I tend to do a lot of things that were based on DC Comics characters, but I, I tend to swap out the ethnicity or or change the scenarios. So I never put it past myself to put out uh, 
fan fiction. I actually have a project revolving around a very famous wrestler, uh, the first black uh, WWF tag team champions that I want to put out. So I'm really excited about doing that. I'm actually writing it right now. Honestly, I'm I'm open to it all. The goal with Takeout Girl is to really build up a fan base uh, so that we can get a great distribution deal. If there is a such thing, it's theatrical release. It would be great to get a limited theatrical release and a great VOD release. And beyond that, I'm hoping to land my team and myself great representation spots and directors and uh, producers labs all sorts of great great opportunities so that we can go ahead and continue entertaining people with many many films all the way down the road nice i am so excited to see what comes next for you and to see your upcoming projects uh before we go tell the listeners where they can find you your website your social media upcoming things how can they find you you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter. My Instagram handle is Hisani J and my Twitter handle is at Hisani, H-I-S-O-N-N-I. You can find Takeout Girl on Facebook or Instagram at Takeout Girl Feature Film. I can't thank you guys enough for having me on the podcast. It really means the world to me that you guys took the time to watch the film and it's hard for us indie filmmakers out there to get a little bit of recognition for what we've done. So the fact that you guys enjoy it, you have no idea how big of a boost to morale just getting your approval is. And I hope that we can revisit one another uh, on my next project. All right. And that is our interview with filmmaker Hisani Johnson, a friend of the show. You will definitely hear more from him in the future. Sid, before we go, Tell the listeners how they can find us. Hit us up on Twitter at TNCCPod. And you can catch us on Instagram and Facebook at New Chitlin Circuit. And that's spelled for all of y'all out there. C-H-I-T-L-I-N. Uh, let us know, you know, if you want to see more from Asani. We'll also post his handles uh, this week as well. So follow him, keep up with his work, and we'll see y'all next week. Absolutely. All right. We'll see y'all. Stay safe. Hey, go ahead and click them five stars. Five stars. Subscribe. We appreciate that. See, I'm going to have me a glass of wine. Yeah, I'm going to have more than a little wine. <laughs> we out. <laughs>